Hello. Oh. It's the holiday season. Oh, what do you know? It's the busy season. Are you jolly? I try my hardest to never be jolly, as a matter of fact. <laughs> we'll get jolly for this podcast. Oh, buddy. We have returned again. Pod Oh My is back. I am Tyler. He is Dan. And we have missed you. I hope you've missed us. I guess at this point, we're just going to have to commit that this is basically the amount of time that's going to go in between each podcast. Probably. I'm no longer (laughs) going to say that. Uh, you can expect better or anything like that. We're just... It could be a week. It could be two months. Yeah. Every now and then we will we will slip in a, a second one very quickly um, if we have the time and also have the idea. But quite frankly, it takes a little time getting together all the, all the ins and outs of what we want to talk about and work so, schedules. Dan and I both have very different but odd non-conventional work schedules and that's uh, yeah yeah that's about right that's that is about right (laughs) so we have missed you but we are glad to be able to contact you again and before we contact uh, yeah yeah i guess that that makes uh makes more sense (laughs) like sounding like aliens and and, and as a matter of fact i don't want to contact anybody (laughs) listening I'm, i'm just kidding but before we get into this episode Mr. Don, how you been? Doing all right. Doing all right. You know, just like you said, it's fucking busy season. It's just, uh, you know, getting to the holidays. It's just, uh, you know, you know how it is. Have you gotten any shopping done? A little bit. Uh, yeah, not a thing bit. over here. Not a thing. Not, not a single not thing. Own. Gonna oh have to, God. gonna have to really put it into a hyperdrive. Yeah, I hope soon. stuff falls off a truck. Man. Yeah. That's... Oh my God. Amazon Prime's gonna be after Prime. And, yeah, it's gotta gotta be in uh, prime condition. Oh yeah. You know. Oh, speaking of Amazon, I was gonna post about it. Uh, I was looking up. I was actually I, I ordered a couple of cookbooks. Uh, that's why I was doing some uh, some cookbook shopping. But I saw the third cook number three cookbook on uh, for Italian cookbooks was the Sopranos cookbook. Oh my goodness, you love the to Sopranos see it. cookbook. You you love to see it. You know, it's it's pretty funny. Uh, the the res, the Sopranos resurgence really you know the heat of it in the terms of uh, I I guess maybe the the spike in viewership but also the way that the media was covering it really took place at the height of the pandemic and then like shortly thereafter. Um, but in a lot of ways, it has not died down. I think in some ways it has it, certainly in like the media coverage of it. But the 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 groundswell of fans and there's always there's more and more people who say i'm gonna watch it or i need to watch it or i'm starting it yeah and we see from the page from the sopranos world that that really has not died down at all and if anything it's actually picked up i'll see comments yeah like every other week you'll see that random comment just starting to rewatch you know yeah well yeah everybody's just you know constantly rewatching you know Never dies down. And it's just amazing that uh, you know it's been well spoken about on this posca- podcast and other podcasts and just conversations about or from fans of the show. But it's just crazy. You still got a uh, few of them. Uh, you got uh, Michael Imperioli, Steve Sharipa, 
uh, Vinny Pastore. Who, still, who are those guys? <laughs> still going around, uh, doing some tours, are doing you, some, uh, you know. It's just some, the, uh, uh, the lasting power. Touring and stuff, you know. The lasting just, power just of a show. Out, you know? Just so impressive. But let's get into it. So, so this pod, we thought we'd talk about uh, the bad guys, you know, some uh, some uh, antagonists, if you will. And uh, I think a lot of fans of the show kind of like antagonists and villains, generally speaking, and certainly a lot of the ones in this show. There's a couple that are generally disliked. We're gonna, we'll get into it all. But yeah, there's a lot of different antagonists, mostly to Tony, some in general. Uh, we'll probably focus a lot on, you know, kind of how it relates to Tony and how they're specifically in, you know, what, they, what they're doing to him, but get into a little bit of generalized antagonism and uh antagonism that that's a word it's it's not it's something something sound weird to me no no it's not just because antagonist is used so often antagonistic nevertheless we could scrub that from the from the drive if we want so if you don't (laughs) if we decide you don't want to hear it fuck you and if you're hearing it well then i'm sorry we'll whack that don't worry (laughs) nevertheless uh nevertheless yeah there's a lot of different general you know kind of conversations we're going to have about it but we'll figured we'd start kind of right there at the beginning yes season one with oh, yes. character we've spoken about a lot and we'll continue to speak about a lot and uh kind of starts off with livia because what she sets down is supposed to be uh, you know a, a large genesis of the show yes um right right livia um also, just uh, just to proceed, Livia, the uh, one you can assume before you even start the show, oh, well, yes. it, it being yes, about me. it being about the mob, you can assume the, the feds, FBI, they're gonna be a big antagonist for these for these fellas. But we're gonna get back to those guys, right? Because the, they uh, pop up a little bit later. Because you got you got all different forms of them. You got the obviously their extensions through the informants and the rats, and you even got dirty cops that are that mm. wouldn't be the they'd be working on Tony's side, you know. So you, you got a couple of those, and you got one in season one too. But we'll get to them after, of course, the Livia, mm-hmm. the great, the great Livia. And uh, yeah, so we've spoken about it before, but in a lot of ways, the 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 shock value of the mother being an antagonist to the to the son was something that really drew a lot of people in but also set down a lot of questions for a lot of people either before they got into it or or seeing it as it played out not you know not believing it not believing a mother whatever you know feel that way about her son right and um that that also there was a lot of intrigue factor in the fact that tony we were watching him play out was in a lot of ways just like her so the very interesting thing about her being an antagonist was that she was fueling tony who was the anti-hero so like the whole thing was kind of self uh you know self-serving in a way you kind of say i mean kind of feels funny to say because it was written that way but (laughs) But but you get what I mean. It it, it yeah. was all it was all tied into each other, which is the thing that makes her such a unique antagonist because nobody else is really going to say that. Like Richie and Ralphie, they don't necessarily have that that effect on Tony because they're not family members. They're not his not, mother. Not his mother. <laughs> right. That's really the most important because even <laughs> most, Junior, yeah. who is 
uh, a family member to Tony, and he definitely also has a unique aspect, but not nearly in the same way that Livia does. Um, you know, she's a huge part. As we've said many times, she's a huge part of the therapy sessions at the beginning of the show. Right. That if that's what gets him basically, and I mean, would be a big factor in his panic attacks, which get him in that doorway mm-hmm. to Melfi's office. And once her passing took place she becomes more of a reference in the therapy sessions and the therapy sessions become right. a lot more those, about those after different effects, things. Yeah. Heavy after effects of Livia, which right. we've, we've mentioned before, but right. for this very important in this, uh, in, for this topic. But um, yeah, so uh, a lot of Junior and Livia through the first season, those I think would be the big antagonists of the first season, plus the feds, the FBI, you get... Uh, trickles of them throughout as well. Uh, you get uh, Pax Soprano, you get that little camera, you know, they're, they're, they're watching on them throughout. Um, you get a few, uh, you get Jimmy with the uh, being an informant, uh, supposed, who knows. And, and just to, to go to the Pax Soprano moment, I feel like that's a really big fan favorite, partially because the musical choice is, is phenomenal and the scene itself is just a pretty are very well done creatively but also you know the first time watching it like you said when you start a mob show you're like all right what's when when the cops when the fbi when are they starting to lurk and when that scene hits you're like ah okay here we go it's starting (laughs) now which is kind of funny because it almost never really picks up off the ground as much as you really kind of think it would maybe at the beginning of the show right I, i think it's season one they're much more of a presence than the rest of the show you're almost like oh yeah Agent Harris, I forgot about you, <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. But uh, yes, it's very, it's very like introductory. You know, ha- has that kind of power. Yeah, definitely. They have their moments, and um, you also get um, that moment itself in Pax Soprano that solidifies Junior. He's becoming the boss of the family, which Tony, if he does that on purpose, he puts Junior in that place as he says to the other guys, let him be the lightning rod, let him take the hit, you know, we got kids, we got to worry about, you know, kind of subtly throws him into that position, this uh, illusion of power, I guess, but uh, yeah, Junior, you know, he takes it and he runs with it, (laughs) and he uh, kind of caused a little havoc with, uh, you know, taking a what is he? The guys say he, he doesn't even share the salt, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he won't even pass the salt. Won't, won't even pass the salt, you know. So he's he's taken his fair share. There's some of this theme throughout the other antagonists that runs originally now with Junior thinking that uh, he's kind of like wanting to get something he's owed. It's like mm-hmm. you know it's been such a long time. Finally, he's he's boss, so he's he's you know he's taken what he he thinks he earns. And I think we get even more of that context or character arc, character arc, as you, if you will, in uh, Many Saints, where we get to see a lot of his right. pettiness. And I think they, they drew on that and yeah. kind of expanded on that for Junior's character to explain that. Yeah, he, unquestionably petty and, you know, not not necessarily the sharpest throughout the entirety of the show. But yeah, they, they really... I really like you say focus on on those things another right. thing about him as an antagonist that kind of makes him a little bit unique um well two things one he's he's kind of used as a prop by livia you right. know he he has his own reasons like you like you just mentioned the power struggle 
that Tony and him kind of go back and forth with that he thinks he wins and then he realized Tony he was kind of using him as a pawn the whole time right so that's inherently there between the two of them and then Livia kind of uses him as a you know she's kind of a puppet master and kind of fueling the fire because she's you know she's bitter at Tony for right Hope. putting him in you know the retirement community exactly. <laughs> little, little revenge aspect you know you're putting me here all right i'm gonna i'm gonna get you back right so she or rather junior is you know a puppet in a certain sense which kind of is interesting from you know a villain antagonist standpoint but then also he jockey that he jockeys back and forth throughout you know his duration of the show which we'll, we can kind of talk oh, about yeah. a little bit oh, later we'll, we'll get yeah but we'll mention again in season two there's another yeah. he's kind of he's on tony's side he, he plays the uncle role and he's back to the antagonist and he's bop, 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 right, bop, bop. right. livia a, a, lo- a big love hate right that, yeah. livia herself eh, doesn't really kind of go back and forth i mean it's just, it's just a couple like moments here and there that like maybe aren't so bad but you know, she's always the miserable. I, I think it's once she goes through a stroke at the end. That's the thing too. By end of season one, so also we'll get. To, so we'll just go right into it. So and I mean the the the. Well, we should also mention he, Mikey before we. You got Mikey too. Yeah, he's just I mean, really an extension. Of, he's another of extension junior, of Junior. Same with the Chucky as well. They're they're not totally gunning for. They're just. I mean, they're following Junior. So it's like Junior's going for Tony. All right, we're with you. We're we're trying to get tony too so you know they're looking for his downfall as well and um yeah i guess that would explain but particularly between tony and mikey actually it's a little they have an extra he's really oh mikey the boy you fucking think you know then mikey going after um his uh i don't know he who's he going after he goes after with the staple gun for Oh, it was right, after right. the Brendan Falone. After the Brendan, I guess. Yeah. yeah, which is also kind of a little interesting to think of because he's almost kind of Christie's counter. Mikey's almost Christie's counterpoint. Not really at that moment in time, but effectively it kind of plays out that way. And, um, you know. Because Chris was going to run and do something, bra- like, you know, just something uh, uh, crazy. You know, he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to do something myself. Right, you know? right. And then Tony's like, no, you stay here and you break you break his other neck if yeah, he tries yeah. to leave. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, but, you get. But, yeah, he, he the, kind of Chrissy's counterpoint and, you know, Chrissy has his uh, antagonistic moments for sure. Yeah. Um, know, yeah. His rivalry with Tony. A bit, yeah. He bumps heads with him a bit. Uh-huh. and he's, But he uses his familial, f- f- family, familial role, right? Is that right? Yeah, that works. Role to, uh, you know, kind of uh, dodge any, uh, right. any flack from what he says and does. But, uh, yeah, so going on with Junior. So the um, cunnilingus and psychiatry comments. So uh, <laughs> those kind of uh, broil up for Junior. You know, the fact that everybody knows that he does uh, what he does, that he, he goes down to Boca. And, uh, you know, that plus the fact that Tony's seen a psychiatrist, he... Uh, you know, kind of builds up an anger in him, gives him a reason. All right, I gotta gotta get back at Tony for something. You know, he could be spilling beans about the family, plus he's uh, spilling spilling beans about me. So, <laughs> um, that plus uh, the Livia kind of uh, fueling it as well, telling Junior that the Capos uh, have their mothers in Green Grove, so it gives Junior a reason to. You know, hitting the mic there. Sorry about that. <laughs> putting a hit on the mic, you know, <laughs> just like Junior put a hit on uh, Tony. 
So, uh, yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah, and but like we said, he, you know, throughout the rest of the duration of the show have has his moments where, again, it, it pops back up where, you know, certainly with Richie yeah, towards the end of season two, it pops back up again. So, yeah, his, it's just it, like uh, but I was going to say before. But he's also, you know, wor- works with Tony, protects Tony at certain moments, gives him advice, has that, you know, touching moment with him. On, the, you know, so it's it's a interesting role as a antagonist versus and also kind of supporting character and our supporting role towards right. Tony in a, in a certain sense. Right. But of course, you know, in the mafia and that type of family, that's you know, support in that life always looks a little. A little funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he has a flip-flop uh, relationship for sure. Just like we were mentioning uh, Agent Harris as well, who we'll get to throughout He and later on. We'll get back to him. But uh, he also has his flip-flop somewhat nature because obviously he has a job to do and mm-hmm. to stand by. But uh, mm-hmm. he and Tony have a bit of a little friend frenemy friendship going on. You mm-hmm. know? Definitely. And... um so end of season one, I mean, Tony catches a sort of break with two of his antagonists there, with uh, Livia and Junior. Livia gets the stroke, had gets the stroke, has a stroke, and uh, Junior gets an indictment. Bobbing. The feds swoop in on June, mm-hmm. and uh, not Tony. So. And you know, we, we mentioned just to circle back a little bit, we were going to talk about uh, Macasian. His uh, McKay. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, sure. yeah. He <laughs> yes, uh, uh, the dir- the yeah. dirty cop, right? Yeah, because he's a great example of that uh, of that dirty cop that isn't right. out to get Tony. That's right. actively working with him. So so his know, role is as kind of, and then as an antagonist, but he's supportive of Tony. Right. So it's kind uh, of reverse of reverse right. he, of, he's of what, the topic. A, a would be antagonist right. acting as a protagonist. Right. right. Ex- exactly. And when the shit hits fan for him, though, he, you know, he takes a dive. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> I was just watching Home Alone before bing. fucking yeah. John Hurd rip. Uh, yeah, no, Great seriously, he yeah, hates terrible. But um, yeah, on we move to the second season mm-hmm. then. So, uh, of course, the big one is Richie, but we do have you know a couple other one ones. One of my favorites. Yeah. Well, we'll hit on hit on the poster. Yeah, a little bit poster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, Omega Filthy. That would that would be the big uh yeah. I think Puss acts, yeah. And then you get skip too. But right. I mean Puss so, Puss is acting as the uh the big informant, the big rat mm-hmm. here. And uh you have a few moments where he's really, you know, kind of uh speaking against Tony in a strong way. But uh before we'll start we'll start with Richie first. Right, Why cause, not? Yeah, because he's he, he might goes, be he the fan first. favorite. Yeah, he might be the fan. Well, first of all, his prominence in season two deserves it. But it's, of yeah. all the antagonists, he might be the fan favorite. I think a lot of he's people... he's my favorite. From I've mentioned it before, but he's yeah. my favorite. And my first watch of the show, I was like, went back and I was like, Richie is my favorite fucking character. He on first watch. Some people really hate him because he plays the role as an antagonist very well, and he plays the role as you know kind of a villain and the thorn in the side of Tony extremely well. Right. Um. So that's really the thing that stands out to me the most. He has that menacing vibe about him throughout his and basically his entirety, other than when he's doing a downward facing dog. <laughs> I would think you see downward facing dog. I think you see Richie April doing downward facing dog. 
the way he said like the, the emphasis that he puts behind it, it's, it's like he, he realizes like what he what he's about to say is like kind of shameful for him even though it's really not at all just the life that they live yeah. there's nothing shameful about doing yoga yeah and, you know early 2000s i guess maybe men were even generally outside of the mafia maybe where it kind of looked maybe a little questionable with it not like questionable but just like not exactly manly but i don't even know if that's true we were a little too young for that certainly now it's not the case at all maybe they did nor pres- should it be prison or something maybe hey ooh, some, he was doing a lot of doggy something that's ooh. for sure don oh um, don't get filthy about it <laughs> but uh, richie pearl bottom or richie top <laughs> he bought him from the no he tops from the bottom or no? No, is he a right bottom or is he a top we're skipping around and <laughs> Um, he was pitching, Richie, not catching. Richie Pitchy, <laughs> he uh, he likes to catch uh, compl- in the in the dock. A completely side note, just very quickly, since we're talking about it, it is so hysterical to me that like it, there's like a, like w- when they're talking about Vito in that scene, and Carlo goes pitching, not catching, as if it really makes a difference. <laughs> <laughs> like what it would have been like maybe acceptable that's, if I it was the other way around they're just like oh well that's okay then <laughs> i i mean like it's just the mental gymnastics <laughs> that it was either actually took place it or was, was on display in this show it's, it was unbelievable much worse in their eyes i guess <laughs> but <laughs> yeah back to the topic at hand here back to richie um uh, one thing I want to mention that runs with a few of these antagonists is he did time, and he's uh, from the old school, you know, from the old school, Janice. And, and r- real quick, not to cut you off, but I I think, I don't think, I think it's pretty obvious, uh, that's a huge part of the, of his his stance against Tony. So he, ne- he can never take him seriously because, you know, he was a kid. And he think you know, like you said, we talked about it before. Right, yeah, says. We'll, we'll get back with the, uh, when we get to uh, the feature. But uh, but the whole, you can't, what's mine what's is not mine, yours. Yeah. What's mine is not yours to give me. I love, yeah. yeah. Richie, I think, Richie and Tony both had, that was another great part about the rivalry, is that some of the greatest lines, oh, I think, yeah. came out of oh, their, yeah. the uh, Tony, uh, I'm the motherfucking fucking one who calls the shots. Like, and, that's... And by the way, Tony quote, a hundred percent. And it's such a great example of the people who say you don't need to curse or like cursing takes away. Like sometimes it is entirely fully effective. And oh. that is a, like maybe the like, no, it's such a great line period, but it could be like one of the number one examples of how it can fully serve a purpose. Definitely. Yeah. You know, people, people use curse words when they can't come up with something better. <laughs> I no, Fuck you. Yeah. Definitely, it's that, it's that, or the delivery too, which is uh, just great. You get a few from one of my favorite Richie deliveries too is when he's trying to get Davis Catino to come out. And he's just like, "Send him out. I give him. Uh, I want my money. <laughs> like, <laughs> like send me, such you're like not gonna the, let me deal with this guy. He's into me for eight lodge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, great. and and like you said, we'll we'll get into it a little bit later. But he serves as a great lesson that we see with Feech later on. But he right. so Tony actually, you know, benefits from Richie in right. at least a small in, way. In hindsight, yeah. yeah. And uh so a little more before Richie's end is that uh he goes to Junior 
if you recall. Right, like we were talking about just he before. He consults with Junior about Tony, saying, you know, he's trying to maybe get some guys going against Tony to maybe build up a crew and do something yeah. about it, and get Junior out. on his side. And Who, Who's the Junior slippery says fuck? To, who's the slippery fuck? Uh, F- feel him out. He's a slippery fuck. Uh... Who's who's saying the line? Who's is Junior, Junior saying? When, when are you the... talking to Richie about trying to get a couple? Is it Albert? Maybe, yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. Alley boy. Yeah, parakeet. Because that's who we talk. That's who we talk <laughs> that's to. That's who we talk to. Too. We can't sell. Yeah, yeah no, so that's who's no. gonna be. Tony Soprano. No way. Ain't gonna yeah, you gotta talk at, talk to Alley boy. He's a slippery fuck. So be careful. Watch what you say. Something you, like that. You believe that? Yeah. One day, you know. <laughs> Next day, you uh, get a facelift. <laughs> you believe Blanking on, on the lines. No, but I know what you're yeah. As always. Because he, 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 um, he doesn't play. He, he's not in there long enough to like really... like he, You remember him because they he make such a back, joke of his character. He comes back later on. Yeah, but died, like... Died on the vine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, died on the vine. It's like such little lines. It's just like he just comes in and just like says something stupid. Just yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Died on the vine, Tone. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Died on the vine. <laughs> Died on the vine. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so back to to Richie. He uh, so he consults Junior, trying to uh, to flip Junior on Tony again. But uh, you know, Junior goes to Tony saying, "Hey, you know, I'm telling you about this. You know, I didn't have to tell you about this, but uh, to me, it sounds like Junior's just playing both sides. Right. Obviously, because he says to to Bobby, uh, "Who am I better off with?" Right. and uh, realizes Richie's Jun- gonna be a bigger problem to deal with in the long run than Tony. Who Junior's know. being the slippery fuck here. Junior, yeah. Oh, hell yeah, and, hell yeah. Uh, this is exactly he's, what we he's were... looking for his best his best uh, you know outcome this in the, the situation he's left with. So this is the exact what we were the the first example of many of the aforementioned jockeying back and forth of junior being on tony's side and against tony absolutely and another one who you could argue this one's like a question mark antagonist is janice yes she she definitely is but at this point she plays she much more behind the scenes like how olivia was in the season one talking in junior's ear Mm -hmm. she's talking in richie's ear saying you know obviously she's saying should have been you you should (laughs) She's yeah, she's saying that, but she's, when they when they're driving home from the uh, from the one funeral, right? Uh-huh. Or whatever. She, she breaks the, down the money, situation. and she's saying, you know, oh, that was fifty grand in yeah. the sixties or whatever. So it's like, you know, she's giving him uh, ideas, some some ideas in his head. But um, but we all know what happens with Richie, right? So that doesn't uh, work out for him. And then uh, last episode of that season, you're left a bit bit. Big puss. <laughs> Big pussy. Yes, down that antagonist goes. And uh, he we we see it. Certainly, he has his moments where he's just like, fuck Tony, fuck this guy. But again, he, he, he's, he jockeys back and forth for different reasons because, you know, his life is at a very uh, sensitive, crucial spot. And, you know, with the, with the FBI's kind of doing him, playing some mind games on him, he doesn't really know which way is up all the time. But he certainly has his moments, just besides even the fact that he's an informant, so he's actively working against Tony in that way, so that alone would make him an antagonist. But 
he has you know we have, we see him in the car when he's like what am i his fucking errand boy when he's talking to skip and he's right. like really he's he's telling him about the plane Sorry, tickets boy. now so now he's like going over the top whereas previously we we had and seen him he, holding says, back he before. says I, well he says i should have uh known i like with the when i was looking for this, the kids uh teacher sad yeah like yeah. he should know that was second episode of the right, right, series right, right. You know? so he had ideas like thinking back then like you know resent resentful of tony and mm-hmm. putting him to do that uh little uh and then by extension skip work. also plays that role like as as you were talking about earlier you know being the guy that that puss is working with directly being that another uh one of the extra like we well, you know, like we said, there's there's a lot specifically about Agent Harris, but the rest of the FBI, some of the, there's a few other, you know, players here who uh, really stand out and yeah, skip. You get the few agents that come here and there. Yeah. And, and, uh, he, he's certainly working with or working to get Puss to do as much against Tony as possible. But, uh, you know, a, as the FBI do in, in this show and, you know, at points, there's a lot of behind the scenes kind of feel to it so doesn't doesn't he gives off an almost friendlier antagonist vibe in in a certain way there's something about him that like you know he doesn't strike you like agent harris does in season one where you're just like this fucking guy fuck him at least for me personally i you know i wasn't saying i was rooting for him to be successful or anything like that (laughs) certainly that wasn't the case well i I feel like with his talks with cubitoso cubitoso that's uh yeah 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 the other the boss uh chief or whatever uh when he's talking with him like that puss thinks he's a uh you know junior fbi agent you know um i feel like that's like showing that kind of detachment from like you know that friendliness vibe that he maybe gives but that he's just doing his job right and, right because he's certainly puss is really thinking he's getting in- involved with them to a point where it's like he's working with them right not for them. right because being friendly and kind to the informant is definitely you know a tactic kind yeah, of butter yeah. them up type same of thing. thing so san severino does later on right 100 which we'll get and the whole undercover you know the idea yeah. behind undercover with oh, danielle yeah. so sneaky sneaky yes um but uh, Puss, one revealing thing I thought that he does say um, when he's the fish in Tony's uh, funhouse uh, dream, uh, fever dream, and he says, you passed me up from promotion, Tone. You knew. I thought that was pretty key line because it's almost separate from the whole FBI thing. It's just you passed me up for promotion, so it's like I, I kind of fucking hate you for that. You know, <laughs> like not, not me, not hate, but it's like, eh, you know. I had a chance to screw you over. I was going for, you know, in that way, maybe. No. I mean, not 100%, but, but at, at you the know, very least. Gave him a reason to. Right. It's just like. Exactly. And it and it just shines light I, on. Like, I, I did what I did for you. You passed me up. So, you know, that's kind of. Right. If you're looking at me um, as an enemy, this is why I'm doing it. So it just shines light on, like, kind of, you know, it, it, what that is. Yeah. Like maybe if he didn't pass him up for promotion, he wouldn't have given up what he gave up, or he would have tried, or maybe he would have said, "Fuck it, I'll do my time." Who knows? You know, who who knows what what, I, what he could have totally meant by uh, that? But I know, and, I, and it's Tony's dream, so who knows? Well, I think you're, I think <laughs> you're probably right. The with with it's, the, it's the first rejection one. of Tony's mind, saying you know of what he thinks maybe Puss did, but, right? 
No, because I think you're. I think sure. you're. I think you're correct with that one because earlier on we we do see Puss attempt to protect Tony at least as much as possible given the situation that he's in. And like we said, then he gets to a point where he's just like, "Fuck this guy." Then he kind of is like, "Oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have done that," which is kind of separate. But no, I I think I think you're right to, with uh with the first one there. Yeah. Yeah. But um. As we know, another one that doesn't uh, pan out well. They get him on that boat, then uh, at uh, no more informing. Yeah, that <laughs> no more informing. Yeah, that and informing, informing. Yeah, he's informing. He's a foreman. He's a foreman on the construction on the esplanade. And right, so that does it for for Puss and really season two. We get a quick introduction to what will be a smaller antagonist than Jackie Jr. in season three, but the bigger one who we actually, and this is the first one that we really get two seasons of it because Livia is still there in season two, but like we said, we talk about it. She plays. Oh, well, Livia, there's the story with the had Nancy Marchand lived. Right. Had Nancy Marchand lived, what the intention was, was what we had saw at the end or what we had seen at the end of season two with the plane tickets and she was going to uh chase had said this himself that she was going to testify against tony we don't really know what route that would have taken and that's as far as we know you know i think unfortunately we've talked about this before but unfortunately yeah. for us fans especially the ones who really love livia because there are ones who don't like her at all <laughs> um the show would have taken a much different direction had she had stayed alive longer or you know throughout the duration of the show uh we can't account for what that is unfortunately the last bit of information that we know is that in season three chase said again that his plan was to indeed to have her testify in court against tony for these uh plane tickets kind of effectively made her the antagonist yeah three the big one right so and i think they kind of even admitted she was a soldier and she fought through, but her health impacted her usage in season two. And I think that's besides the fact that it was kind of part of the, the way they ended season one to have her in, you know, declining health, mm-hmm. having her in a hospital bed. They kind of Almost talked about works. what, yeah, yeah, it was kind of, kind of a little beneficial. Season two, yeah, those morose, was, you know, so I think season two, one of the last times I think we mentioned two previously is like, you see, you're getting up is the, uh, and she goes to Tony, you're mm-hmm. cruel. You mm-hmm. know, that that's like one of her, you kind of see her on her feet, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yes. Yeah. And from season two, as most would expect, you'd move on to season three. Yes. And that is where we get a couple, but we will again start with the big one, and that is the Ralphster. <laughs> And again, as we, as we're, as the theme is the Ralphster, the Puster. <laughs> oh, everybody's a start on the story of the show. Oh, a Sunday, Sunday. What do you know? Um, but as is the theme here with a lot of these antagonists, everyone kind of has a, a little bit of a unique spin. And I think Ralphie's unique spin is for a lot of fans. He's pretty likable, if not. Well, no, hold on. Let me, let me, let me. Joey pants. Uh, well, let me, let me, let me, let me finish the point here. He's pretty likable in certain moments, and then he becomes detestable because of a handful of moments. And His actions to- are 
and, his actions are detestable. His humor is and that, hilarious. That's it's acceptable. That's the the thing is, it's com- it works out for completely different reasons. But Tony kind of fights that same struggle that some fans, because a lot of fans have talked about that they enjoy him, but they hate him and they hate the fact that they enjoy him and Tony's struggle he kind of is done with Rich, Richie the moment or Ralphie the moment we're introduced to him but he's a top earner mm-hmm. so he keeps him around and he kind of has moments where he's like starts warming up to him but like throughout the duration of the relationship of the show he really can't stand him yeah they they don't have much of a bonding moment to say the least I don't think well they... Pio the, the but that's really well they yeah it's there's 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 it, tension there too there's all money in that it's it's a whole you know tony loves Piomai, but ralphie it's just you know uh, ralphie f- kind of falls in love with tony's help at the beginning and then quickly falls disenchanted with it because i think ralphie ralphie just sees the money to be earned from it and well right but when he gives yeah, tony actually cares for Piomai. no definitely yeah. but when when they when they realize they're ma- they can both make money off of this together, and then Tony separately loves the animal. But yeah, there is yeah. there is a little kumbaya. I wouldn't say <laughs> I wouldn't say it actually is uh, that level of uh, of good vibes between the between the two of them. But nevertheless, I I think it's just an interesting the way Tony and Ralphie their their, their dynamic is very similar to the dynamic that a lot of fans have with Ralphie, and I I just find it to be a very effective way of like they, they playing accept, the character out they, they accept him at that point because Piomai is brought in it gives that relationship reason to continue rather than tony just saying fuck this guy i'm not gonna deal with him anymore it's like all right there's this horse you got this business relationship with the horse it's kind of like all right as a viewer all right we'll deal with him too tony <laughs> like, right right we'll, and, we'll give him a pass tone <laughs> and and it's like you know he goes through the the tracy situation which makes him very right, hateable that's, right that's the because it's that's the it's, key key it's, season three before we yeah we're jumping to pile but, yeah. but you're right but the 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 just the, the thing is just because it like like i said it's very true that he's very hateable and a lot of fans hate a, very strongly are very passionate about the, some of the things that he did but he also undeniably like some like unlike some of the rest of the antagonists has a certain charisma about him which you know has a lot to do with the way he was written but nevertheless has a certain charisma about him and he delivers a lot of humor that a lot of the rest of the antagonists maybe don't junior does but yeah. maybe not so much with puss not so much with richie not so much with you know phil maybe here and there but you know the, the, ralphie's very quotable in ways that i think some of the rest of them aren't yeah um, i could see that yeah so i, I, even, I even in some of his darkest moments he's got some lines just, right like, even playing exactly to your point playing off of tracy one of the most quotable moments is a she was a whore and b, b she, she hit me yeah, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> want to kill yourself drugs are better <laughs> Pills are better, and and that <laughs> like is an aspect, and that's an aspect that we'll kind of get into it here, and I'll I'll kind of hand it over to you there, but yeah, I just think <laughs> it's a very very it just tells you how effective they were in building out this character that what you see on screen is a lot of how you, you fans feel too, very yeah. back and forth. Yeah, definitely could see that. Um, 
So along with Tracy, you get another thing that Ralphie does. Well, Ralphie has that little, you know, after Tracy, obviously, Tony's on the outs with him, the whole Thanksgiving spiel. I'm not having this fuck over for Thanksgiving. Ralphie, uh, fuck him and his turkey. <laughs> um, then Gigi's passing kind of forces Tony's hand to put him in that capo position because he's looking around the funeral. You know, he's like, oh, the fuck am I going to put in? So, you know, kind of puts him... And then I think Johnny Sack also, he, like, he makes that suggestion, you know, he, he makes that suggestion to Tony because he wanted to switch families, Ralphie, you know, over that whole thing. And uh, obviously uh, he gets the capo position and he takes the little uh, Jackie Jr. under his wing and starts to tell him stories about uh, when uh, Feach, uh, he, how he missed out on, uh, you know, r- robbing that card game of Feach Lamana that uh, Tony and Jackie... Uh, Jackie Sr. had uh, robbed the card game and kind of uh, built their credibility and their uh, their, uh, their Stugats uh, with the crew, you know. Showed them they had what it takes, you know. Oh, they robbed the card game, the balls on these kids. Oh. And, uh, you know, Richie, at the time, Richie said to Tony in season two, he says, I stuck up for you against Feech, you know. Otherwise, he would have, you know, he would have gotten fucking maybe killed. Who knows? And, uh... Ralphie kind of throws Jackie Jr. into this whole mix, which doesn't turn out well for Jackie Jr. as as it did for Tony and mm. his father, you know. Um, and yeah, that's uh kind of kind of a wrench in the engine, I guess Jackie Jr. But it's a you know situation. He's popping shots. He kills Sunshine and pop shots at uh, Furio and Christopher at the card game. Uh, so it's you know ind- indirectly uh, affects Tony, I guess, but uh. Ralphie's doing the whole Jackie Jr. situation, doing what he did. So it's just Ralphie causing a situation, I guess, that affects Tony, you know. I think if that puts it puts it well enough, right? No, I... Makes I, sense. I know, I definitely agree. I, and it's a different point, but I think kind of has a similar... Like, It's not very similar, but um, I think Tony also has a problem with Ralphie and adds the tension because Ralphie has issues and he's got issues from like childhood that he mm-hmm. references with his mother too. And right? Tony Tony's Maybe the ti- similar with Tony like And Tony's the type of toxic where it's like fuck you for having those issues with my fucking issues. I'm not fucking hear about your fucking issues. Cuz you know <laughs> what that happens with a lot of people. Some people they become very very bitter to other people having a plight because they want to uh, well, well i think we can get um, well, the, there's a moment in season four when when with ralphie and the the kid where mm-hmm. he's kind of a, he, he's in a in a state and uh tony's kind of just looking at him like fuck this guy like i don't give a fuck about him <laughs> and when in in season three when they're having dinner and ralph is talking about uh you know how he had to stop going to school because his dad passed and he had to go to work and you know, Tony's kind of like this again. This fucking guy with this fucking shit. But meanwhile, Tony, I think it's too because of the way he's treating Adrian. Like you know, he's being uh being an asshole to Adrian at the well, moment. Yeah. So also Tony's kind of yeah. He's being Tony's very like, Don't yeah. don't fucking talk to Adrian like that. But in the same senses too, it's just like you know, this guy's just got no respect. So yeah, and, you know, but but for reasons mm-hmm. that he's maybe not as caring about because it's you know similar like you said similar reasons to his own that he's not uh accepting on it he's not accepting right. his own problems right he's not accepting the reasons for his own problems right so similar similar dynamics 
definitely and yeah just, just a weird self-reflection of sometimes when you especially when like like you said when you when you're not accepting or processing your own problems and you hear other people's problems sometimes you have a very weird reaction to it definitely. and yeah. also uh and we see it i get we kind of see it more in season four but we, we it's a big storyline of of ralphie like i said you know we mentioned he's a big earner and that kind of warms him up to tony a little bit at you times see, right well you see something brewing up end of season three which is ralphie and Pauly start feuding and it's over money because right. uh ralphie owes Pauly fifty thousand for the safe uh right safe codes you know the crack and 12k he's leaving 38 know. fucking thousand dollars on the table here Tom. but last year you thought they were flying saucers of east rutherford <laughs> but but he uh, ralphie is a, there's a lot of different representations of it, but he's a big representation of the double standard or many of the double standards that these guys have because he would have gotten whacked a long time ago if, if uh, considering... Well, he has... Gigi says, he's like, well, this guy's going to end up in the fucking... I mean, he is a made guy, so technically it would have been, you know, somebody really had to go out, not technically, Tony really had to, you know, put his neck on the line when he did that. So it was a sketchy move. So that, I guess, also could have bought him some time. But um, the fact that if he wasn't a big earner, he wouldn't have gotten as much time as he got. So without yeah. a doubt, it's a representation you, of the double standard. You see standard a similar, there. similar situation with Vito mm-hmm. later on that, and that you get that by, same thing. By the way, that's a representation of the double standard that almost the entire society has. Because if you make money or you produce money or blah, 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 like you get extra leeway with things even though you shouldn't. That's true. That is true. Money talks. Money yep. talks. Um but uh, one more thing that uh, pops in at the end of season three is Danielle, mm-hmm. who's not really Danielle. She's actually Deborah. <whistles> what a liar! Is your name even really Danielle? She she really uh, exists, but uh, she <laughs> she did she did exist, and she was uh, uh, undercover that becomes friends with Adriana. She's gonna go sit with some Sawbucks. Uh, <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. Oof, my that's, own. Yeah, the Starbucks. That's that's what. That's what did it, Adriana. Sucker for Starbucks. That's. <laughs> but uh, that leads us into the next saison, which um, a few things start brewing up, uh, which Ralphie carries over into season four, but uh, Aid, she uh, she gets pulled in by that uh, Danielle. She becomes an informant. Um, which not really given up so much, I guess, at first. But, you know, same story with all those informants. I guess it kind of builds up their arc. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like what we talked about with Puss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely uh, that is, that's their arc. And something comes up from Ralphie, which causes, uh, it snowballs into almost like to the end of the fucking series, which is the Ginny joke. The ninety pound, ninety five pound mole removed from my ass. Yeah, Oof. and it's like I don't get it. And what a fucking joke is that? And that is uh, an example of kind of what we were talking about earlier of some of those antagonistic relationships that don't have anything to do with Tony. This is, you know, we we there's a couple certainly Chrissy and Paulie play out, but this is one that, um it's almost a i wouldn't say it's as heated as those two because they they come to the blows or come close to blows pretty 
pretty often, Chrissy and Pauly. But Ralphie and and uh, and Johnny Sack, Johnny Sack's right there on the edge. He he needs he he's being held back from from whacking this guy. I it mean, sets it sets it off in both directions that they're they both get the hits put out on each other right. like, almost simultaneously. It's yeah, kinda, it's a bad kind of funny situation. It's that Johnny's not letting up and you know, so he's he's gotta go and then, you know, he's not letting Ralphie uh, you know he's gotta take out Ralphie, so it's just <laughs> kinda funny situation you got right. there. But uh another thing you get Paulie telling Johnny about the uh joke, which uh which well that's how Johnny finds out about it. Mm-hmm. But uh Another thing that uh, comes back up later on. Right, which we could have a whole separate conversation about Paulie in that role because some people refuse course, to accept yeah. it even though it's right there in front of us. Yeah. Like inherently, objectively, without question. Yeah. It's a little... Uh, but some people refuse to see it that way. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But uh, then you get... So you get this little kind of side feud of Ralphie and Johnny kind of going at it over this uh, over this uh, weight remark. It's hurtful hurtful weight remark but do you uh, know what you've done <laughs> kind of uh it begins the new york fallout with the the jersey guys and uh, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous <laughs> like like i the thing that's so ridiculous to me about it is just like the fact that he sees that she that she's cheating on the die, and he decides to be like, "All right, now he doesn't deserve to die." Like, what? Honestly, what fucking difference does it make? If he's she's your wife. It's the same disrespectful joke, whether she's whether she's a hundred percent clean with the diet or not. Like, it's like, do you know what you've done? <laughs> do you know what you've done? Like, it's so ridiculous it's... That, that he walks it back just because he sees her having candy and snacks and stuff. Like, it's... Nice big box, man. Got all the oh goodies. my god, it's so. <laughs> Besides the scene itself, just the logic behind it to me is just—it's yeah, it's great stuff. It's so good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, but um, so they both uh, yeah, this it causes the whole fucking thing, the uh, the Ginny joke. Um, but one of the last thing Ralph uh, does before uh, he meets his uh, end is uh, he does the Mike Hunt uh, from Beaver Falls PD call to uh, little Nucci Galtieri, and that doesn't turn out well. That uh, you know, that sets off Polly to no end. You know, she uh. What, she had nervous bowel syndrome, right? Something like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Nooch. But, um, there's a lot of that going around in the show, unfortunately. Yeah. But that that little thing, it's just kind of like um, another one of those little things that, indir- you know, it, it affects Tony indirectly because it's not, you know, fucked as he, you know, whatever, Nucci, but it's just Paulie fucking annoying him about, you know, Ralphie and this shit and, you know. Yeah. And um, so Tony kills uh, that uh, Ralph because he's suspect number one in that pile of my fire. Mm-hmm. But uh, who is he blaming on? New York. Right. And this is kind of where, like, like you said, you, you start really seeing a lot more of the tension between New York and Tony really start to rise. Their, their presence from the beginning, they start out as a very small presence. They start growing and growing and growing. And here you start seeing a lot of that. You get some of the stuff with Carmine and the you know issues going back and forth between him and Tony and the negotiations really start ramping up then we you know get into a lot of the different stuff there um 
and it includes a one Tony B. Oh yeah. And in season five is where I think a lot of that stuff really starts to get to a. There's no coming back from this type of get, point. Uh, there's there's one actually I forgot to mention before these. Um, oh. Furio. Oh, yes. That's, not yeah. not the typical antagonist, but mm-hmm. becomes almost uh, almost the maker. Almost is yeah. Almost throws Tony right into that helicopter blade, uh, and kind of wanting to do it with his wife. So it's uh, kind of uh, right. Yeah, mm, you know, it's a silent. It's a silent yeah. hatred. Oh, silent yeah. antagonist. Yeah, definitely. Almost gets to the point of being very. Very vocal about it. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting one, too, because, yeah, it just kind of sneaks up out of nowhere. It's just obviously these feel, feelings build up, and that resentment for Tony comes fairly quick. All of a sudden, he's, like, realizing, he's like, I fucking hate this guy. Look how he's he's going off with other women, and look at the beautiful wife he's got home. You and know, so he's kind of... It does really kind of hit you. I think some fans might argue that, like, there's a little sprinkle of the Carmella and Furio little love affair not to be earlier on but to me i i think it's a little bit of a reach whereas when season four starts when furio shows up for the first time and you get it and quickly it shows like Carm like catches a quick glimpse of herself in the mirror of the oven you're like oh shit they're about to do this and you're, <laughs> and you're like and then your second thought is like where the fuck did that come from? At least that's that's what I that's how I came from it or, or how I interpreted it. They, they sprinkled it throughout, and then because then it just builds up in those few mid season four to the to the end. It just kind of just mm-hmm. zips up from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that's definitely a noteworthy one because it's a again a unique one as 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 is a very good reason as to why the show was so good this is not the same thing playing out over and over again everybody's right. got a different like unique little twist to it and i'm sure that could be argued that he's he is he is an antagonist but i think given what he was about to do i think that would land him that role for sure he there's, at least there's a lot of, there's a few question marks on some of these right he at least that, whether you know how they affect tony but um he at least Some has are, qualities of one if he's not in absolutely one. Yeah. yeah like i said you know he was about to throw him in the fucking blade so right. not many people get, and it wasn't just get, a thought he had his hands he had, on yeah. the man yeah you know watch your step yeah like it was not just a quick little little dream but yes so moving on to 5 season 5 uh you it definitely is a beginning of a lot of the darkness so the antagonism Again, question mark on that one. But the antagonists, <laughs> their, their their feelings and their tones and their uh, impacts on the season start really being less of a secondary story and more of like the the prominent stuff of what we're seeing. Right. Um. Again, this is where New York and Tony and the two families and everything really starts getting to the point of no return. And Tony B is really, if not the biggest, one of the biggest reasons for it. Right. But you have a lot of, uh, well, there was that, uh, also another uh, falling out. Well, there was that Johnny wanted to put the hit on Carmine Sr. that Tony didn't want to do as well at the end of season four. Which Tony, he refused right, on that. Right, because of the negotiations that Carmine was being, uh, he's being a pain in the ass right. to Tony. <laughs> but then he ends up he ends up coming around, but right. then early season five, obviously, he uh, he doesn't pull through. Right. 
But uh, that brings in Carmine Jr. Right. Which uh, he starts already and right off the bat, early season five. You see he's having it off with Johnny, and it's, you know, not looking good. And you get another edit into the mix, Philly. Right, exactly. Philly so the the tension between New York really starts to rise. So there's the antagonists to each other, the three of them, for sure. Uh, Phil, Carmine, and, um, and Johnny. And, and Johnny. And then also you have... You start getting uh, Angelo. You start getting Angelo Rusty. Uh, right. Rusty Ru- Milia. Yeah, th- those two are. I-, I would. I would. I, you know, they they both fall under that category. Obviously, they play more of a behind the scenes type of role. I think Rusty kind of is really pulling those strings more. Angelo's retired. You know, he, he's 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 he doesn't live that life anymore. Even though right. he unfortunately well, they, they for himself want, yeah. he does. Yeah, he he <laughs> doesn't really quite play out to be the truth. Um, so a lot of this plays out separately from Tony, but he certainly is pulled all the way in. First of all, because what New York does greatly affects him. And that's why Junior Absolutely. and him, Junior yeah. and Tony are invited to, uh, but Lorraine tries sitting down with them. And then eventually Tony tries brokering, you know, the three way or, right. or does it, who, the, who approaches the, it first? Does it New York approaches it first? Or Lorraine approaches it to New York to sell to Tony, to sell to them. Is that how it goes? He, When Lorraine's the, trying to get Tony's protection, and then I, that, I think that's the suggestion, right? Because that's, that's who Tony and Junior are sitting down with. Right. Because Junior then has the line, trust me, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Right, right. right. He's throwing some things in there. Right, yeah, right, yeah. So, there. so so that's what it is. So. Yeah. So, either, but either way, no matter what New York does, it's going to significantly impact Tony. Right. So, I mean, throughout the series, you see this constant. They're working together, obviously, because they're these criminal families, but they're uh, competing all the time. They're, you know, they're trying, uh, you know, obviously one gets one deal with one business. The other one's like, oh, well, I helped you out with that. I want to cut of that. And they're, you see other shifty and holding off in certain areas and um yeah definitely um and that's when again tony b what he he is the the real conduit for this impacting tony in a he's the real antagonist he's, to tony he, he's the one who, who brings this from he brings it home he right. brings it to the front doorstep Ex- for tony exactly. rather than just being their brought, own little feud in new brought york the, brought the words right out of my mouth <laughs> brought so, them right out of me but um so yeah um well the i'm not sure which happens so feature i mean so here's the thing you get all three of them coming out of jail so again you mm-hmm. get those these three antagonists right. that are kind of forgot another, another three that did time that same aspect i was saying before with richie did time they're looking for a piece of what they're earned so Feech comes out blazing. Obviously, he say, "Yeah, you hit the ground running, kid." And he's giving Tony B money. Tony sees this. He's like, oh, "This is this isn't good," you know. And he sees uh, Fe- and then Feech is um, feuding with Paulie over the landscaping. Uh, does the he gets the card game and what does he do? He robs uh, Ira Freed's uh, wedding of his uh, of the cars of uh, nice cars. So Tony says, "You know what? You're stepping on toes. I told you." You know, and not you know, not to step on anybody's fucking toes. What are you doing? So, uh, you know, the whole feature situation—that's kind of 
starts off, I think, the season five. So mm-hmm. they're like showing like, all right, got this guy already causing fucking trouble out the gates. And but he's kind of being almost being on his own. And Tony looks back and thinks back to the Richie thing. Right. And thinks, like we said. Right. And he looks around the room. He sees he's the only one not laughing at the joke. He's not falling in line. He's got to go. So mm-hmm. definitely a interesting antagonist in season five. But a big part in Tony's history, as we said, too, with the card game and everything. There's a He's a historical figure. And we've said it before. He's a very well-played character by a pretty prominent actor. And he feels like he's in the show for longer than he is. Sometimes you go back through a rewatch and like, oh, what was it? It was like three, four episodes. It's and like, he's gone. He's out of there. Really? It's like three, yeah, three, four episodes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Quick, uh, a quick short hitter. and sweet feature. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is definitely short and sweet. And so, I guess getting back there to to Tony B. Right, and fi- right, Philly as well, because he's somewhat involved. Um, so basically, this whole feud, um, they kill off right Lady Shylock. She's uh, trying to broker this deal, but uh, she's also uh, she's not paying up to Johnny. Right, that what the case was. Mm-hmm. There was the. That was one of the issues is, right, who she was paying up to. Mm-hmm. So then Phil Leotardo and, uh, or, or was it Billy and Joey Peeps, maybe? Kill uh, Lady Shylock? I think it's Billy Leotardo. Yeah I, don't th- yeah, I don't think Philly's in on that one. Maybe Billy Leotardo. Regardless, it's uh, put out by, by them, Philly, Johnny, whoever. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they're uh, uh, looking at, they get Lady Shylock in retaliation. Joey Peeps gets whacked. But that is done by the hands of Tony B because little Carmine, uh, uh, Angelo and, uh, Rusty, they get uh, Tony B on it. They say, uh, you know, see what you can do for us, kid. And Tony B says, you know what? I'm not getting any fucking action in my cousin's crew. So fuck it. I've got to make some money. So, uh, he does it. He whacks that Joey peeps. Paparelli. It's a family name. Oh, no. Um, then uh, in retaliation for Joey Peeps then you get Angelo whacked for that the domino effect yeah it's all it's just when it starts really playing out domino action going on and then because of Angelo that sets off Tony B to kill Billy and almost get Philly as well Mm -hmm. Philly got winged I guess you gotta say that's probably the plan right the plan was to get them both uh yeah, because I mean, be yeah, the, he was. Well, yeah, why what not? would be the point in clipping him? Yeah, unless he was just, just clipping yeah. him. Right? I guess unless he was just firing at Billy, and then because he was there, he just called. Yeah, maybe caught, caught a stray. But um, yeah, it's possible. But maybe just seeing them both, he was just fire. He's just going at him. Uh, no way to tell exactly, but um, yeah, that uh, whole situation culminates to the end of season five. With uh, just before that, we also get uh, the unfortunate end to Adriana, mm-hmm. and her uh, FBI uh, informant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> her her days of informing are done, and um, I gotta be a foreman on my sh- on my crew no more. <laughs> gives Chrissy that ultimatum to choose. You know, do I choose aid or do I choose the family? And you know, he chose family. So uh, maybe not uh, such a bad guy after all. Or so he thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, you get the end of Tony B, though. End of season five. Uh, this whole domino effect, and that ends, uh, has to end with Tony B getting whacked. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tony doesn't want Philly to do it because he knows, oh, that's going to end in some torture and some bad shit, so I can't have that happen to my cousin. Got to do it myself, but that does not make Phil happy. Right, and for that reason, like we said, that's really what makes Tony B the antagonist to Tony because it's, I mean, it, we see it played out for a few episodes there, the internal struggle that Tony's going through, the very clear struggle he's going through with New York, trying to like, trying to get them to accept, to let him do it, not let Philly do it, and Johnny won't let that happen. And yeah, for, uh, for this reason, he causes a lot of, I think on top of, of headaches, on top of everything, the whole situation that gets him into jail, that Tony, of course, comes clean with what actually happened. With oh, I hit my head, I had a panic attack, but um, that whole maybe idea that Tony, uh, Tony himself thinks that oh, you know, it could have been me, not him, happens to him. Look what happens. He loses, you know, no wife. His daughter runs out on him. Like all this shit happens to him, and uh, so he gets out of jail. And Tony's trying to give him his peace back, but not enough and mm-hmm. he's trying not to bring him back in he doesn't want him to fall back in and have the same shit happen again mm-hmm. which is like it's just kind of this weird puts tony in this position it's like what do i do do i pull him in full, full on fully or do i ease back you know which doesn't obviously doesn't turn out well for him because then tony b makes his own decision free agent uh type shit mm-hmm. and uh and the way season five ends with with uh, Johnny Sack getting arrested right. sets up Philly really being the main antagonist moving forward throughout basically the rest of the duration of the show. Right. And so we see yeah, it in... Johnny doesn't. Right. He just gets out for the wedding. That's, right. John, <laughs> yeah, that is basically the end of Johnny as an antagonist and he is... Um, you know, kind of has a completely different storyline play out there for the re- the the rest of the show for him, but Philly and, and Johnny even even though he has there's the New York things that he does he's a little he's a little snaky towards Tony there is oh yeah he's some sort of, there is some sort of friendship throughout some sort of camaraderie that's just different from the other New York guys I think they they have a history no doubt but he ha- they have a longer history than most of the other new york guys then but he was but he was also no doubt snaking around and yeah. he was he was, it was exactly like as you know there's the competing the here and, and there. he knows that tony tony didn't uh, it didn't sit well they didn't go with him on the carmine thing he didn't go with you know the Ginny thing trying to kind of you know, turn paulie for fu- no good reason he's really just trying to right you know create right. some waves there because he never lets Carmine in on you know the thought process you know as we learn Carmine doesn't even know who who Paulie really is yeah, so I mean, he's just trying to create Paulie, some waves there Paulie's thinking he's getting you know mm-hmm. in the good side with the New York guys and then kind of pulls back completely fuck New York right guy. so so Johnny <laughs> I'm ha- with you T <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny has a little bit here and there Johnny Sack he's always been a slippery fuck all mm-hmm. right he's always been a snaky fuck or a slimy <laughs> fuck something like that right but uh yeah so so Johnny has it a little bit here and there but but that effectively ends it. And for me, I would say about, you know, moving on to Philly, we kind of talked about him a little bit here, but to me, he kind of fits the most typical idea of an antagonist because 
mainly because at this point in the show, the the tension between New York and New Jersey has gotten really pretty intense. There's a couple moments there early on where Tony and, and Philly get along. They have a couple agreements on the, what is it, the Centrum Hills, uh, right? That's what it was, the vitamins. Yes, but it's no, kind of, because but it backfires because yeah, you know, so oh, those pills were all, all over the place. All, right, there was all yeah. ripped up. Yeah. So they had a, then right. they had a couple other quick, easy negotiations early on, but it quickly goes awry for a handful of different reasons. Vito's a big part of it. You know, that's Phil, definitely a big factor Philly's, to setting. Yeah, yeah Philly's on on Philly. his old school kick, and he's not taking this no more. And you know, you know, things have got to change, and no more, no more of this, <laughs> and. He really, for even though to me he's very likable as as a character, just because Frank Vincent does a great job, but to me he's he's never he, he like we kind of talked about every every antagonist that we mentioned has kind of a unique spin to him. Them, this one to me just feels closest to the most typical idea so, of one. So the funny thing, actually, when I was looking up, I was trying to find like a good definition of an antagonist. I guess in I guess in more of a literature or whatever form, you know, but mm-hmm. what was what the base definition of antagonist? One of the top ones that came up is one, one that opposes the pro, you know, one that's opposing to the protagonist, but it was one that doesn't compromise with the, <laughs> is unwilling to compromise. And I was like, I didn't even well, know this was not discussed beforehand. Yeah. I just, I just came to mind. I forgot. I was looking up when I just, when I started my notes, <laughs> That that was yeah one thing that came was like uh like unwilling to compromise uh-huh. with the with the protagonist so that you know pretty solid definition right. solid fitting for Philly Atardo at a certain he, he at a certain point for sure compromise you want uh, he did <laughs> compromise he did compromise a little bit just a little bit on the grilled cheese and <laughs> the jerking off in the <laughs> tissue. <laughs> <laughs> no but but the, no that, that's a great point because i i really just i no, that's a it's a solid way to put it together because i i mean out of all the antagonists i i mean like i said richie is a big one for me he's he's a big favorite but um definition textbook antagonist phil phil fits it pretty well because right, because even... he's like really he's just not willing to there's really not like a a nice moment really you know does he really ever help out Tony? Look out for him. Like even Tony's going to him when he's in the hospital. He's speaking nice to him. I don't think Phil Phil didn't, wouldn't give him the same right same you know and, uh, regards. You and know. with the rest of them, you know, one of them is his mother. Another one is his uncle Richie. He looked up to Richie at one point in his life. Ralphie, he's on the crew, so they work together at times. He benefits from Ralphie's you know work. Tony is a fa- Tony B is a family member. You know, a lot of these these main. Uh, antagonists a lot of them uh they ha- he has at least at one point had a positive relationship or has a positive view of him and for philly other than the fact that he was part of the old school and you look up to the old school just like you know generally speaking he, he wasn't the way he looked up to richie april you know richie april was a god to him right and uh, and he was like uh Chris says to him in the one scene, why are you always caving for this prick? And he's like, you know, you keep Philly happy, keeps Johnny happy. It just, you know, it just keeps relationships good. That's the thing. Tony just wants to keep good relations. He doesn't give a fuck about Philly, you know, right, Philly right. Per- on a personal level, which is mm-hmm. different from... He's a headache he can deal with. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. Right. That's what, that's what it is. Right. So, so Philly, yeah, Philly... Or, and, or it was Johnny was the head. Who was the headache? It was Phil? Who was the headache he can deal with? I think Phil. 
Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah. Because when they're talking about removing him, that's what that's when it comes. That's when he says it, right? Think something. Like, oh, you got me now. Ugh. I may may have talked myself into a corner. May may have combined too many things here. Nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, no no matter what, the point is. Uh, at least for me, and glad to hear that you agree. He he definitely fits that most. No, I, that, I that definitely. Classic role. I definitely think he's which which top. Uh, one of, yeah, he he's obviously the other few big big ones, but because uh, it's a Richie, all a Richie, Ralphie, uh, Phil, maybe a little Feech in there. Because it's obviously all, the live in June, June who comes back. So you're right, the, right. You were gonna say no, yeah. But I was just gonna say like a couple others. Uh, Philly does has have a few extensions of his antagonist ways with Coco and with Butchie. Right. Uh, there. Oh, he's yeah. He's got his few guys throughout yeah. the, the last season you that know, uh, stir up some more trouble. Some right. antagonize Tony. Right. That that scene when oh. we talked about it right before we started. That scene with Butchie and Tony in the doorway of the hospital. You know, right. Why, why are we always meeting like this? Yeah. You you really get the sense at that point that's like okay these these are the clear rivals like. There have been a bunch of rivals, and they've been gone back and forth, and you know sometimes it's been all right, you know, but it's like this, uh, this right. is the, the way like Tony is with, but it's like kind of like um, how he was with Mikey first. He, right. It's like this kind of like you know they're joking with each other, but they're like fuck this guy, I want to fuck you know I want to stab yeah. this guy in the back. But yeah. it's like, you know they're not uh, they're not liking each other. The smiles and daggers, uh, holding daggers behind the dag was the daggers in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some shit like that. And as you mentioned, but, this um, is when we get really Junior back in the back in the full force without a question of being an antagonist to Tony. Because in some of those middle seasons, when Junior's dealing with some of those legal troubles and his health troubles, he doesn't really. It's not really a thorn in anybody's side because he's got his. He's got enough on his own plate. Right. But you know, here in these <laughs> later seasons, as his uh, mental state starts, you know, fading even more, and he. Uh, Pulls the trigger <laughs> first, as technical second time on Tony because he had to put the hit on it out on him first and then actually pulls the trigger on him, uh, season six first episode. But uh, so I if mean, you almost it, killed it a man, be, I mean you got to be like an antagonist there, like <laughs> right? It's one of those things. Sure, you can argue it uh, till Saint Smithen's Day, but <laughs> um, you know, hey, he he fucking shot the guy. I mean, his mental state, you know. All right, but uh, either way, you, you can he's got to go. Yeah, you can have a question or you can have a debate. I, I think that's probably accurate, but you can have a debate about it. You know, maybe he just really wanted to kill Tony. Maybe his mental state wasn't it, as bad. Oh, but he, he, he didn't act alone. Right, right. Remember. That's, um, that's about all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> that's all he's going to say on that. All right. Did we cover that in the conspiracy episode? I think yeah, we might yeah, cover yeah. that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. The conspiracy theory we, episode. We threw that out there. We might have thrown some of that yeah, in also, there. That's all I'm going to say on that. But if if he is acting, uh, you know, hey, who knows? He could be speaking true to that, or it could just be the JFK fandom right. uh, in his mind, you know, leaking out. But And, and uh, a different twist on the antagonist brought back is reversed you know at this point agent harris is completely on tony's side no matter no matter how much he kind of sort of has to pretend that's not the case in a couple moments here and there and i think it's is it 
I think there's like we said, there's this flipping over time. You know, he's kind of he's just friendly th- with him throughout. Right. You know, he's not really. You know, if he sees Tony's downfall, they kind of you know. Right. And he's gonna move on to some other asshole that he's not gonna be as friendly with. Maybe so he's like, at least I could be friendly with this guy. Right. <laughs> you know? And he realizes he can use Tony for some information here and there. Kind of help. Right. It definitely helps him out. And um, yeah, you like you said, you kind of see him warming up a little bit. That the a little bit of a. I at first you really wouldn't call it a friendship, and I don't think you'd ever call it a friendship. But definitely, no, it stops like a, being like a, like a friend of me kind of thing. Right? They, they're definitely using each other for in, information. Right. Obviously, um, you know, Tony at the end he's trying to get some info on Phil Leotardo, mm-hmm. and um, Agent Harris. He's kind of towards Tony's side. He gives a reason. He says, "I, you know, I was dealing with Phil Leotardo back in." 90s brooklyn or whatever the fuck he says and he set up cop to get raped or some mm-hmm, mm-hmm. shit like that so it's like he kind of has more of a soft spot to help tony in this situation and more of a reason to for tony to win against philly tardo yeah. so it like kind of gives him some actual good reason to you know to do what he does and help tony somewhat but uh he you know only so much tony you know you're you're reaching you know <laughs> now you're reaching but uh you know he gives him some info some some low down info uh, but that is a uh a pretty good way to kind of take the antagonists and give you a little bit of a different spin yeah because that, nice nice little spinster on it all right that is uh you know all of them that we kind of talk about if even if they do kind of jockey they all end on the antagonistic end but agent harris who's like we talked about the most the the most inherent one the most prominent one that you would, mm. that comes to mind before you even watch the show an FBI agent and he's the one who kind of falls back to being on Tony's side while as everybody else fell back to being against Tony right so kind of an interesting and, way to think about it in that regard and the thing is too the uh, I know the one line you like from Agent Harris um, he says that when they get the news of Phil Leotardo getting popped is that right so. He says, damn, we're going to win this thing. Great line. But it says, we're going to win this thing. Like, there's still more to be done. But it's mm-hmm. like, Phil Leotardo got popped. It's mm-hmm. like, so it's like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's still, Agent Harris has some hope for Tony being the victor in this whole spiel between them and, you know, them in New York, I guess. Uh, I'm not, sh- you know, just a little little food for thought. A little yeah. gabagool for thought. Hey, we, uh, we hope we gave you plenty of gabagool <laughs> here with the antagonists. <laughs> Yes, sir. And uh, I will say, I'm sure Dan will have much this, much of a similar to say, if we don't speak to you again before the Christmas, holiday, New Year's, all the other holidays in their seasons. Absolutely. We wish you the best, a healthy, wish you a Merry Christmas. happy, enjoyable. Uh, and, uh, happy holidays, actually. Not just Christmas. Yes, all of them. Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, every other holiday that I'm not aware of, which would be many. And a happy fucking new year. Yeah, you motherfuckers. <laughs> all right. I mean, once again, we thank you very thank much. You and wish you all well if you don't hear from you again. But yes. uh, we'll see what happens. Yes. You never know. And also, I'll quickly say, as the end of the year came in, as did Spotify Rap, and we were informed that Padomai here, at least on the Spotify platform, is in the top 15% of most followed podcasts. And for that, we have to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Grazie mille. 
Yes, we definitely would not have expected any kind of statistic or analytic like that. Uh, very much appreciate the fact that you guys are enjoying what we're giving you. And like we said earlier on, probably will stay at this similar pace, but we can, uh, we could say we have no plans on stopping anytime soon. So yes, sir. Uh, even if they don't come as quickly, uh, hello, even if the podcasts don't release as quickly as you would like, don't get filthy about it. There'll still be a release. All right. Don't, there'll still be. A cinematic release. That's all that matters. Okay? It won't be cinematic. Oh, all right, folks. <laughs> Take care, everybody.